you know, 1994 was when we purchased this place. Um, it was basically shut down. Nobody could make it work. Uh, 1994, you know, I wasn't married then when we came into this place. Um, uh, Kathy and I didn't meet here, but we ended up going out. We, we told one another we liked one another and uh, ended up going. I proposed to her on the stage. I actually proposed to her on the stage. And uh, that's some years ago, 27 years this year. And, uh, you know, who knows, in this room, you might just be sitting along the row from somebody. Uh, or maybe they're upstairs, you're downstairs, they're more heavenly, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, just a whole lot has taken place. And we've got so much to give God thanks for. But we've always said church is more than a building. It's a community of people. But uh, there's something special about the stories that are located in a place. And stories are cool. That's why we go to the movies. <laughs> Who doesn't like a, like a good movie? It's like, man, that's gripping and engages you. And there's stories in our faith that are really important. And I want you to take you to a passage of Scripture found in Psalm 78 tonight. Psalm 78. It says this. It says, Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears. Someone say, open your ears. <laughs> open your ears to what I'm saying, for I'll speak to you in a parable. I'll speak to you in a parable, and I'll teach you hidden lessons from our past. There's hidden lessons that are from our past. Many people just go, oh, they're just stories, the good story, but they don't find the hidden lesson in those stories. I'll teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we've heard and known, stories of our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord and about His power and His mighty wonders. For He's issued His laws to Jacob. He has given His instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born, they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation, you know, that's every generation, so there's nobody excluded in this. Each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting, not forgetting. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't forget. Don't forget. Not forgetting His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. You know, I just heard this week, in fact, we ran in countercourse, and I'd forgotten something that had taken place. Um, there was a couple who were going through uh, a challenge with their kids. Their kids were, were fitting. Um, and they were at Starship Hospital and they rang me one night just, just not knowing what to do. And they said, can you pray? In that moment, I, I prayed over the phone. And we took authority over those spirits that were just trying to bring unrest to these kids. Instantly, they stopped fitting just in a moment. And uh, I heard just in the weekend um, the wife came up to me and you said, since you prayed that day, um, they have epilepsy's gone. They don't have epilepsy. They don't have anything which the doctors said they'd have. Come on, we serve a miracle working God. Give God a big clap of praise. I, I don't want to forget his glorious miracles and, and keep on obeying his cards. And then they'll not be like their ancestors, stubborn. Uh, rebellious and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Verse 9, it says, The warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. So they'll dress like warriors, they look like warriors, 
but on the day of battle, they turned back. And this is the reason why, because they did not keep God's covenant and they refused to live by his instructions. They forgot what he had done and the great wonders he had shown him, shown them, the miracles he did for their ancestors on the plain of Zon in the land of Egypt. Uh, it's so important that we remember everything that God's done. I remember having an encounter with God just being on the floor, laid out in the upper room, uh, upper theater, just, just not knowing what's going on. I look back, I think I was about 18 at that time, not knowing what God was doing in that moment, but years later seeing the power of that encounter have effect on my life today. There, there's just so many stories we could tell. The Bible, what the Bible is, is simply one big story. You know, God made creation and it was good, it was perfect. He, he made you and I, He made the human race, but we turned our back on God. And as a result of that, there was the fall. But ever since the fall, it's, it's a story of God pursuing humanity. It's, it's a love story of redemption. And ultimately, it's going to be a story of restoration where God restores us back to His original intention. And as I said, stories are powerful. That's why we pay 20 something dollars today to go to the movies. You know, how many like a good comedy? Any, anybody like a good comedy? How, how many are more a rom-com person? Uh, yeah, we've got a few, a few of those out there. Uh, how many like a good drama? Any a drama person? How many like a true story, a true story? Uh, a thriller, any thrillers out there? Um, how many know movies preach? Movies preach. And it's amazing how many decent stories are left untold. Stories like God interacting with, with people. What I want you to know tonight is that there's an inheritance in your story. There's an inheritance in your story. I want to say, you have a story. We all have a story. And we're all writing a story. And the inheritance that we have, that we pass on to generation to generation, is not so much the inheritance people think, money, that's good, but, but that's limited. The, the best thing that you can pass the next generation is actually a story of faith. I remember starting to lead this church, I was 25 at the time, and my parents went to England to start our church in England. And uh, I remember visiting them uh, about two or three years after uh, we'd started leading the church. And my mom was dropping me off to the airport. And she said to me, oh, man, Sam, sorry I'm not there because we're just starting to have kids. My, my brothers, we're having kids, my sister and that, that. You know, it was all starting to happen. And she said, sorry, we're not there for the kids. You know, we'd just love to be there more. But, you know, we're in London. We're, we're doing this thing. And I said, don't worry, mom. Uh, you're actually leaving a greater legacy to my children than just spending time with them. You're actually leaving a legacy of faith. They were in their mid to late 50s, and they hadn't just, you know, oh, well, we've done our bit in our 40s, we've started some things, and and they weren't, you know, just going to cruise. They go, no, we're going to keep on obeying God. And yes, you know, that time is really important. And it just happened that God would orchestrate it, that when there was Grandparents Day at Kindy, um, my parents would be in the country. It would just be miraculous how it would always work out. And there were significant milestones that they didn't miss because God, when you follow God, God works all the details out. 
we get hung up on the details, but, but God works it all out. And I said to her, I said, the greatest legacy you can leave is a story of faith. Uh, that, that you haven't retired from your faith. Your faith is not something you retire from. It's something that we're called to live in each and every day that we're alive. And, you know, when you're in the heat of a battle, uh, you know, when you're going through stuff, it, it's stories that you count on. You know, maybe somebody else's story or somebody else's testimony. The Bible talks about that, that the test, uh, our testimonies carry the spirit of prophecy. Uh, what's that saying? It's saying, well, when you hear a testimony, it's really saying, God, you can do that again. If God did it for Kenan, he can do it for me. If God did it for Chris, Cooper, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. And it's those stories that you recount when you're in a trial. You go, man, if God can break through there, if God can do a miracle in their family, if God can provide, if God can speak, if God can give vision and direction there, He can do it for me. That's why stories are so important. It's the stories. You know, how many know we serve a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever? I don't ever want us to get religious as a church because religion, what it does is it either puts the power of God in the past or the future. Oh, well, God moved way back then. That's all right, 1994, God moved then. By the way, we purchased this building for a miracle price. You know, you think uh, a theater in the inner city of Auckland, we're praying for seven years, uh, praying for seven years for a large upper room, fully furnished, prepared for him. That was a promise we felt we had received, that God was going to provide this large upper room, fully furnished, prepared for him. Not realizing this, uh, this wasn't even on the market. We managed to find out that the owners were struggling and they wanted to sell. And we purchased this building for something that you can't even buy hardly a two-bedroom flat for today. It cost us $860,000. Anybody want to buy that now? No, any take it. But, 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 you know, God opened the... Some of you going, What? Yeah, I could live in this place, bedroom, on the stage, you know kitchen out there. Uh, but, you know, God opened the door for that. God, and, and, and some of us think, oh, well, that's good for the past, because what religion does is put the power of God in the past, or it puts it somewhere out there in the future. But what a relationship with God does, it brings the power of God into our present. God, God wants to work here and now. And I want to say, there's, there's some powerful God stories being written. You're writing a God story right now. We as a church are writing a story. And I want us to challenge when we write the story is number one is to keep Jesus the main character. Uh, this is not about a church. It's not about a person. It's, it's about Jesus. And Jesus needs to be the main character of our stories. Uh, how many know the main character of a movie can make it or break it? You know, two old school movies. Can I go old school? You know, uh, you probably watch these movies. How many watch Braveheart? Anybody watch Braveheart? Lift up your hand if you've ever seen Braveheart before. Oh, 80% of the room. Uh, how many have watched Home Alone? Uh, Home Alone? Okay, we've got more Home Aloneers than uh, Braveheart people. That's all right. But imagine if you switched the main characters in that movie. Imagine if Macaulay Culkin was in uh, Braveheart and imagine if Mel Gibson was Home Alone. How many know they wouldn't take on the same effect? You, you wouldn't be fearful for Mel Gibson when he's home alone. 
You wouldn't be going, ah, he's home alone. But Macaulay Culkin, home alone. Imagine Macaulay Culkin going, freedom, voice breaking. Yeah, it just wouldn't have the same effect. And it's the same when it comes to our stories. Unless you get the main character right, yeah, it doesn't work. You take Christ out of Christian and you get I-A-N. You get in. In can't save your life. What can in do? In's a good person. He may be a good person, but he ain't Jesus. And we don't need in as the main character of our life. We need Jesus to be the main character of our life. We need to be him in the center. Because when that, yeah, here's the thing. You and I play an excellent supporting role, but we play a crap main role. And too many people's stories are all about them. And we've got to make Jesus the main character. The second thing about our story is our story should match the script. So many people today, you know, want to bring the Word of God down to their opinions. Oh, well, I, I don't agree with this and I don't agree with that. And we bring the Word of God down to uh, what we feel and what we've experienced. The challenge of the Christian life is actually to bring our experience and align our experience with what the Word of God says. Because it's the Word of God. And, and, and we need to make sure that we don't go off script. See, we can let other people's opinions and what's going on in modern day society, that can be our script. And, and the culture today that we live in can easily determine our course. And so many of us look at stuff like that and we focus, man, oh, well, it's just too hard. And we focus on the giants that are yelling at us, that are speaking to us and saying, live this way, do that. But you know, it compromises on what God said. We need to focus on the fruit of the promised land, not the giants in the promised land. Because you'll never move into your inheritance as long as you're focused on the giants. Yes, there's giants in the land that God's called you to occupy. There's giants, but don't look at the giants, look at the fruit. Uh, Look at what you're gonna possess. Uh, Right now, if somebody was to make a movie of your life, how interesting would it be? Uh, Would people buy tickets to come and see it? Yeah, some of you are, oh. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. When it comes to a movie, uh, you engage, you tune out, you tune out when you know where the movie's going. When you can protect the end at the start, it's like, oh man, I know where this is going. But when a movie has some plot twists, when, when there's some turnarounds, I didn't see that happening, as you're engaged right to the end. Right now, you may have some plot twists in your life. You may have some things that you didn't expect to happen. But I want you to know that God's in your story. God's working it. And He's going to use your story to touch other people. Because other people are going to go through what, you go, uh, what you've gone through. And they're going to take heart that God can move in those situations. If somebody is to make a movie of your life, you know, would it be that interesting? One thing about the book of Acts, if you read through the book of Acts, it's not boring. What happens? Yes, the church explodes. Yes, it goes forward, but then they have persecution. Then they get locked up in prison. Then they get set free. There's earthquakes. There's a whole lot happening in the book of Acts. You're reading it and go, Flip, did these guys go through all this? And, And in the midst of it, God moved. God did miraculous things. Let's make sure then when we're 
telling the story of our life, when we're outworking the story of our life, it matches the scripts. Uh, script number three, last one, uh, well, second to last one, is don't let anyone downplay your story. Our inheritance as children are found, uh, for us and our children are found in the stories. You know, uh, people have grown up in church, heard stories like David, Joshua, Esther, Ruth, Peter. I, I want you to know there's power in those stories. That's why they're in the Bible. Uh, there's power in a testimony, and the enemy knows it. Uh, the enemy knows it. That's why he wants to shut things down. In fact, the Pharisees wanted to shut down the testimonies of Jesus working in people's lives. A, a guy healed. He was born blind, but he was healed in John chapter 9. And they were trying to question him, what really went on? No, th- that kind of happened. And they wanted to minimize and downplay what had taken place. And they started interviewing him and questioning the guy who had been healed. And he simply said, all as I know is I was once blind, but now I can see. And the enemy will go after your testimony because he knows there's power in it. We know Lazarus in the Bible. How many of you heard the story about Lazarus? He was dead, dead. He was in a tomb. The Bible says he stinketh. You know, he was dead. Rigor mortis had set in. But, but, but Jesus Christ, Lazarus come forth. He came out of that tomb. He came out in, in, in his cloth. It was wrapped up. And Jesus said, loose him, and he was free. Man, what a testimony that would be. But the Bible says in John chapter 12, verse 9, it says, when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and to see Lazarus as well. You want to see Lazarus, this dude who was dead in the tomb and come out alive, you want to see him? And they want to see Lazarus, the man who Jesus raised from the dead. It says the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. It was actually because of Lazarus. Do you know it's because of your testimony of what God's done in your life that many of your friends and family are going to find Jesus? I love the fact that 26 of my family members gave their heart to Jesus in an 18-month period. It was like one person got saved and then began to share what God had done in their life or they saw the evidence of it. Next minute, next person gets saved. In an 18-month period, domino after domino, 26. 26 of my family members, I'm standing here today because of that revival that took place in the 70s in Ōtaki. Yeah, some of you don't even know where that is. Uh, That's just north of Wellington in a small rural community. God moved in that place and my family now in a lot of places is serving Jesus because of the stories that happened on a farm. On a farm in Ōtaki. You know, God intervened. I could have been a farmer if it wasn't for God. Some of you can't even picture that right now. Neither can I. But, but God intervened. God did something amazing. And that brings me to the fourth one. Number four is, is what we've got to realize. Is one chapter changes the story. One chapter. I love the thought that when it comes to God, He has all authority. In fact, Jesus said, I've been given all authority on heaven and earth. And then He says, I commission you, go. And He gives us authority. And I like the thought that within the word authority is the word author. 
author. When you have authority, you have the ability to author your world. So if you don't like the last chapter, just write a new one. God's given you a pen. Just take, take that pen, start writing it out. You don't have to live as a victim of your environment, your circumstance, what's around you. You can script something out. Oh, well, I just feel so trapped right now. Well, let Jesus set you free. Let him give you the freedom to dream outside of what you've known. Some of you say, well, this is my lot. This is my path. You know, I can't go outside of that. And I'm saying, who told you that? Who told you that was your path? Who told you you have to live small? Who, to- who told you that? Just write a new chapter. Oh, I'm, I'm stuck in this job. I'm, I'm stuck in these groups of friends, these groups of friends that are, are just always pulling me down and pulling me back. Get the pen. Write out. What you, the pe- write out some characteristics of the people that you actually want to hang out with. And let God bring them into your world. Just get a pen. You have authority. Just write a new chapter. You don't have to stay in that brokenness. Yeah, something brought it about and there's a brokenness on the inside, but but just say, God, I'm going to let you into that space and I'm going to believe for your healing power to come and make me whole. What happened back then, what they did to you years ago, Yeah, you don't have to live your life governed by that. You don't have to look at your future through your past. God, God wants to wipe the slate clean. And He says, hey, I've done that. He says, fresh sheet of paper. Here's a pen. Come on, let's dream together. Let's dream together as to what the next five years could look like. Let's dream together as to what the next 10 years could look like. Let's dream together as to the influence and the impact we could have. Let's dream together. Let's, let's write down some stuff. And I really feel like the Spirit of God is on this because some of us have just accepted some stuff that God doesn't want us to accept. We've been sucked into a culture and, and a pattern. And God's saying, hey, I've given you a pen. See, one thing about culture in our life, the the culture, the environment we live in, culture is either created by design or by default. If you don't design the life that you want to live, if you don't design it, you'll live it by default. You'll go back to what's known. I really feel like God's saying, hey, I've given you the ability to create. I've been giving you the ability to design. Come on, I really believe there's some young people in this place. You're going to redefine the culture of your high schools. Come on, when bullying is rampant, when things are going on, where people are tearing one another down, where there's gossip, where there's hurt, where there's malice, where there's all this stuff going on. Now, we're not going to do that at this school. That's not going to be part of the, the school. We're going to dream big. We're going to believe big. Come on, I really believe that there's young people in this place. It's almost like even God's writing a script on your heart right now. He's saying, if you just trust me, 
You watch it, you'll see it come to pass. Stories. So many cool stories from this place. I pray the stories we write outlast our life. Do you know what scares me is in the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there was 400 years. Get that. 400 years. 400. People lived. They died. And there's no record of. No record of their existence. I pray our generation, and I'm talking about us as a whole, I pray that there'll be it wouldn't be we just existed. Come on, I pray that we'll stand up and we'll write a, a God story. Come on, this is a revolution, baby. Turn to your neighbor, help them know. Come on, this is a revolution. Uh, maybe don't call them baby. That might be a little bit inappropriate. Or maybe that's your opportunity right there. I don't know. Baby, this is a revolution. Come on, this is a revolution. God's about to do something that we've never seen before. I'm thankful for what He's done. Who would have thought from shout, being up in the upper theatre to being in the Spark Arena was a possibility. But I believe that's just the beginning of the story. And God's going to continue to build on it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.